Cutting the Curd is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American international style and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. It's a lovely afternoon here at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and we are recording another episode of Cutting the Curd. If you're listening to the Her- Heritage Radio Network, you can tune in to Heritage Radio Network at heritageradionetwork.org to listen to past episodes of Cutting the Curd and a whole host of other wonderful foodie programs. So definitely check, check out the site. I'm here today with my co-host, Greg Blaze. Hello there. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> and I'm also here in studio with Chris George, who is the founder of Cheese Journeys. Hello, Ron. <laughs> Hello, Chris. And we have on the phone with us today uh, Sue Sturman, who is a uh, frequent guest, a returning guest. And we're going to be talking today about cheese travel. Um, Sue, are you with us? I sure am. Hi, everyone. I'm sorry I'm not there. That sounds like a real fun group. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, and not too out. shabby. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're going to talk about cheese travel today. Um, both you, Sue, and Chris have taken this passion of... Um, learning about cheese, traveling and learning about cheese, and really turned it into a career for yourselves. And um, I think that that's something... I know I've been watching, I've been watching online what, what uh, Chris and Anna have been up to, and I'm, I'm excited about what your, your project. Uh, we're pretty excited as well. It's, it's, it's taken a long time to get it to where it is, um, but it was born out of... Uh, well, just, just to take people closer to the cheesemakers, I think, more than anything else, I think you probably know as well, one of the best things we get to do in this business, and Anne knows this as well, and I guess Absolutely. we all do, is uh, visiting cheesemakers, meeting the people who make it. I think that's the best part of the job, and if you can get other people to do that, or give them the opportunity to do it, then that's a great thing. And it makes them appreciate the, the product a lot more as well. So, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's very interesting talking about that. I feel like... Um, I want to ask you both, actually, Sue and Chris. I mean, I feel like when when you guys were coming up, and I feel like it was the same for Greg and I, if you wanted to learn about cheese and travel and learn about cheese, there was no good way to do it other than just kind of figuring it out and going yourself. um, Always. Maybe making some awkward phone calls to cheese makers. (laughs) Hoping that somebody would be willing to host you. I I was kind of lucky because I got the people at Neil's Yard Dairy to make awkward phone calls. It might be hard. And I I just went along and 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 met the people. But I was in a privileged position. I didn't appreciate it so much then as I do now, but I was very privileged to get to do some of the things I did for sure. That's great. Yeah, and I've I've had uh, some, some great connections as well. I remember in, I think it was 2012, um, I decided to head over to Paris, and this was before I had a formal association with Mons. In fact, it was this trip where my association with the Maison Mons really sort of grew out of a conversation with Hervé during this trip. But I decided to go over to Paris because I missed Paris. <laughs> 
and wanted to interview um, uh, cheesemongers in Paris about their take on American artisanal cheese. And I had lived in Paris, but I was hadn't lived there for you know 15 years, and and was you know hadn't didn't still have those contacts that fresh. So I contacted Hervé, and he set up interviews for me with he, he gave me the, the the contacts and I set up the interviews with you know the Mayor Ouvrier de France cheesemongers in Paris and it was it was funny you know walking in these people didn't know me and uh, you know were willing to meet with me so having connections is um, is is pretty great and I think and, and that's I think what what Chris you and I can offer is that you know offer those out to a greater a greater number of people and make that access a little easier. Yeah, I think as our community grows larger, especially as more people sort of get into cheese um, as enthusiasts or as professionals, um, you know, there's just more and more access needed. Um, So to to sort of make that leap from being interested to actually traveling and learning, it's wonderful that you guys have these um, structures now set up for people. Um, I think, and I think the more the closer you are to the production of the food, the more you appreciate the food that you eat. And I think that's becoming more apparent to people, more aware of that now these days. And I think, you know, it really does. If you see, if you've been to a place and seen a piece of cheese being made or whatever it is, when you eat that piece of cheese. It, it fires your synapses in, in ways that it doesn't when it's just an, an anonymous piece of some, something on a counter Comes or, in a box, or in a packet or whatever up. it is. Yeah, and actually it, it's little things like that can really, it, it, it enhances people's lives in many ways, I think. It's a great thing. You say as the yeah. industry grows and more people need access, I think it makes a lot of sense to have people as not gatekeepers, but there needs to be, you don't want a million people calling the one person. You know, you need to group them together and get one person together, bringing them together to meet the producers. I, I have to say idea. I'm very conscious of that with, with what I've done with Cheese Journeys uh, and Anna Jewel, my partner as well, um, simply because, um, you know, it isn't a tourist industry. These are working farms. Exactly. These are working people. You have to respect that fact. And I don't want people trips, hordes of people trips. You no. want small groups, you know, just a, once or twice a year. And also I want to remunerate those people for allowing us to visit as well because if you can give somebody say 300 pounds sterling you know um for a two-hour visit that's a lot of money to a small farmer so actually they're yeah. gaining something from it and um yeah I, I want everybody to win in that relationship so it's, yeah uh, and the other side of it is when you're not when you're dealing with you know bringing people who speak one language into an environment where it's a different language it's not only taking care of the producers, which is, of course, you know, important and, 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 you know, that's already been talked about, but taking care of the, the customers, the, the clients who, you know, may not know the infrastructure, who, you know, may not know who to contact and how to get there and how to get around and the currency and the electricity and, you know, I get I get emails and calls all the time. Can you set me up to do an internship with a French cheesemaker? Well, no. Yeah, you don't speak French. They don't speak English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's not gonna. It, it doesn't happen that way. Mm. Um, and so you know, trying to bridge these gaps, it, it, you know, these the sort of those of us that love travel and that love putting people together, I think this is a it's, it's, a, it's a 
it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. Now, can we touch a little bit? Um, Chris mentioned, you know, um, 300 pounds sterling. It's just a number, you know. But, you know, the cost of, of, of you know, putting these things together is not small. No. Um, and I know that sometimes when people look at a price tag for a trip, they can be a little, you know, it, they can be large price tags. Mm. And because you're, like you said, you know, the virtuous cycle kind of includes, it includes you who are mm. planning the trip and putting your time in. It includes the travel. It includes remunerating the person who's going to be giving you the tour and showing you around their farm can you talk a little bit about the cost and kind of what um what goes into what's the value that you're getting for this this kind of a trip um do you want to go first sue or shall i um well i think that uh, sure I'll, I'll, i guess i'll go first um we're just starting out on this we just announced that we're going to be organizing these um sort of professional level gastro tourism guest whatever we call it um and and we're really pitching ours to professionals not not pure cheese enthusiasts and it's so far what we've got planned is and what we're thinking about is is strictly around cheese um and what i'm trying to do to keep one of the things to keep the costs low is to group the the events around other events um that People might be traveling to anyway so that they can amortize their airfare a little bit better. Um, you know, I'm sure that we'll be doing something associated with um, um, cheese in Bra in 2016. Um, we, I'm looking at working with the School of Artisan Food and doing something around the uh, Science of Cheese Symposium in August. Um, so there are a number of ways that we can do that so that it's an add-on to something you're already planning to do. Mm. Um, and that's one way to make it a little bit more accessible for people. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Chris, do you have any comments as far as the cost of these things go? Um, I have to say, I feel... I'm, I like to be able to make it as accessible as possible. The thing we're doing right now is we're actually offering something which is a little bit it's more, It's quite top end. We were staying at North Cadbury Court, Jamie Montgomery's family home, you know, mm. which is a great place to stay. Yeah. But it's a big family home. You know, it's, it does. It doesn't come super cheap, but at the same time, it offers you access to something that you would, you would not get otherwise. At the same time, we're also. I mean, part of the of what we get goes towards the DCTA to help support cheese professionals in this country sure. to go That's do wonderful. stuff. And yeah. also, we're offering a first prize for the Cheesemonger Invitational as a free trip. To cheesemongers. This so, one in June. This one uh, coming yeah, up. This, oh, wow. that should be the first one. We're oh, going to keep great. on doing that. So, and that includes the effort. So, we're going to sort of so that the almost the Daphne um, philosophy, but, but but also put on the on the cheesemonger invitational as well. So that gives. I think it's great for them to get cash prize, but I think the opportunity to travel, which a lot of cheesemongers don't get to do, yeah. is fantastic. And I'd like to get cheese uh, professionals involved as well on some level, just because I think. It changes the dynamic of the group if you have cheese professionals involved as well. And I think the, you know, the, the, the people who are not in the food industry, the cheese industry, get a lot more out of it if they're surrounded by people who do work in the industry because there's almost an osmosis there. And you can discuss. Completely. And you know, I think, I think there's, there's a lot to be said of not just sitting down in a classroom but actually just talking to people, you know, seeing things, experiencing things firsthand. I think that you can't put a, a price or a value on and that's how you that grow your community. I mean, in reality, yeah. that's how exactly. that's how it really happens. Yeah, and I think for people like Jamie Montgomery, he he's quite thrilled to have us travel there as well. Sure, and he'd like yeah. to have cheese professionals come as well because it, as it as a as somebody as a cheesemaker 
uh, a very passionate cheesemaker. Sure. You know, uh, spreading the words is, is huge. Is, it means it means a lot to him. Mm -hmm. You know, especially because to to the American you know a market as well because he sells a lot of cheese in the American market. But he's 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 removed from that. So as m the more contact he can get with people in America, the better. And I think sending back educated customers, clients, it is important as well. You know, it's, I think there's a value in that. Yeah, um, so. yeah. absolutely. Whenever I traveled and I, and I got to see uh, faces, you know, I got to put faces to the names on accounts, mm. you know, that I, that I bought purchased cheese from, you know, it just everything just became different for me. Yeah. Uh, the way that I handled the product, you know, the way – the way that I that I thought about purchasing it, mm. it's you know you always try to show the maximum amount of courtesy to <clears throat> to the people in the products, but it just becomes different when you're when you get that FaceTime. For me, anyway, I don't know if that's the same I for you. To, I have to say, I was lucky with Neil's Arts because yeah. they're all about getting staff and customers, sure. uh, uh, you know, in contact with the cheesemaker. Because I remember the first time uh, Randolph Hodgson and I set off in a van to uh, Somerset, you know, and we went to Duckett's. Uh, that was when Chris Duckett was alive, making yes. Duckett's Caffilly. And uh, we went to his farm, and he's there making cheese. And I go up to the back, and in the garage in the back, there's his mother hand-patting the butter. Amazing. Putting a different pattern <coughs> on the top of each day's butter so you knew what day it was made. <laughs> and so I go back to the store, wow. and then I'm selling that butter. And every time I look at the top of this pattern of butter, I have an emotional attachment to it. Of course. And then I can't help but enthuse to the customer. Then they're yeah. enthused. Yeah. And everybody's winning, and it's it's a wonderful. I saw I got goosebumps there talking Me about too. that. Me too. That that there in a nutshell is what I'm talking about. It seems yeah. so simple, well, so but much it of is. Cheesemongering really is the story and the romance mm -hmm. and the connection, and and so mongers, you know, in the states certainly have really tapped into that in an enormous way, and um, to, you know when when they have the opportunity to get out and. Um, and, and do what you did, Anne, you know, back in your cheese by hand days. Um, and, and, you know, go around and, 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 you know, do a blog and, um, and connect with people. Um, I think it really enhances everything for their, for their clients. I think, Absolutely. I think as well the thing about the American market and the U.S. is that, you know, uh, um, the history is, is in Europe. I mean, I think the history of American cheese making and, I mean, brewing as well. If you think about things like that, Absolutely. is like um, um, it's it's a very young culture in that, is. that way, and it was a very industrialized culture. And I think people have had to look elsewhere for their inspiration, and they've taken that kind of baton, if you like, and really run with it. But it's nice. It's the the more you can put them in contact with with uh, the history of cheese making. I think that the easier it is to build a strong artisanal cheesemaking community in, in the United States. And I think that's happening. It's obvious, you know. So. I, I yeah, and I think I actually would, would say that we're starting to have a cheese history of our own. Easy, it's, easy. Not, it's not as venerable as the European cheese history, but it's very, very different. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about the cheese naming issue. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that connects into the... Uh, the AOP and the PDO and the IGP and all of those abbreviations for place names. And, and you know, I think that American cheese has quite a different story than, than European cheese. And I think it's a really interesting story. And I think that's what makes American cheese really unique is that we come, you know, and I'll be bold and say that I I don't personally think American cheese is nearly as much about terroir mm. as it is an expression of the individual cheesemaker, mm. and it's not that 
it's different. In Europe, it's really an expression of terroir. And, you know, we don't build our cheese out of the ground. We build our cheese out of our heads. I, th I think it's interesting you said that because uh, actually I think the English cheese making, craft uh, uh, cheese, artisan cheese, farm to the cheese, it's actually closer to American cheese making than it is to uh, continental European cheese making because of things like two world wars, rationing, yeah. you know, basically yeah. by 1954. Mm -hmm. I, I was born in 1970 in the northeast of England and I grew up eating cheese that came out of tubes. And came <laughs> I out had of, my share of that. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, basically out of plastic wrappers and basically with more consistency than, than flavor. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't until, say, the 1970s, 80s, people started to go, I'm going to hand make a cheese. Yeah, I'm going to make a cheese from the milk from an animal. And, and so I think it's much closer, in a sense, to, to American cheese making than it is to, to your continental European cheese making. That's very true. Yeah, you had a similar rupture yeah, to exactly. our rupture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, a, and a reliance on, on science, you know, yeah. for, for food. So I feel like that even creates a stronger hunger for people to learn and to travel mm -hmm. and to do these things. Um, although, you know, it's funny. I remember when I was in France, I lived, uh, um, for a little while. Um, I, I was one of those people who, who pestered, <clears throat> um, I pestered Air Bay, um, just like, just as Sue did. And I, I, um, wound up, uh, on a couple of different goat dairies making cheese in the Loire Valley as a, as sort of a stagiaire. And, um, even there, you know, I remember it was August when I was there. And so we would watch the news um, around the lunch table. They're, they parked the TV at the end of the lunch table, which wasn't very French. But <laughs> the program was so funny. They would go to a different region every day and they would profile an artisan. And oftentimes the artisan was a food, a food producer. I remember they, pr they profiled a woman called Mami Moule uh, in, in Provence uh, one day. And, uh, you know, there were cheesemakers and knife makers. And so I feel like um, in... In France, anyways, it seems like sort of artisan artisan products and tourism are kind of intertwined. People people travel yeah. to seek oh, these yeah. products out, and when they are in certain regions, they know what to look for. And I think that we'll start to see more of that maybe here, hopefully. Yeah, when we lived in France, when my husband and I lived in France, um, we we would anywhere we went we would find stuff we went to a wild boar farm we went to um a quail farm we went to i mean it you know we kind of found we were bicycling through Brittany and we ended up on an oyster farm and we you know rode down little lanes on our bikes and stopped at a at a hotel and said where's the local cheesemaker and they said well go this way and we went to a local cheesemaker you know, it was, it was really, it, it, this guy was um, a retired executive from one of the great fashion houses, and he had 15 goats, and he just made his cheese, and it was really <laughs> fun. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I think one of the problems, one of the things about Europe, I guess, which is advantageous, is that all these things are very concentrated in a small area. You know, we go to Somerset, you know, you've got three cheddar makers within 10 miles of, of Montgomery's, you know, um, I think the thing about there's some amazing stuff in the U.S., but it's almost because it's such a big country, it's a lot more well, that, spread out in many ways. That's that's so it's it's harder to visit lots of individual people. American cheese makers and I mean American uh, cheese retailers. Mm. Um, I found in my experience, most of the most of the artisan product is sold in like metropolitan areas. That's that's what gets its most exposure. So mm. those retailers mm -hmm. don't get. You're so busy, you don't get the opportunity to travel as much and to mm. see. I, I just think that's why. Yeah. What's important about... Yeah, we used to be able to get in the van. I used to do it every two weeks, get in the van, yeah. drive west, visit 
eight different farms, nine different farms, pick up stuff, get back to London before the sun had gone down. Yeah, the American oh. cheese right, You can do that if you live in Boston and you're just going to Vermont. Right. But you can't, you can't <laughs> right. get to Wisconsin from No, here. you can't. <laughs> you just can't do that. Then, you know, talking about cheese travel, um, that's one of the great things that the American Cheese Society offers in conjunction with their conferences every year, is that you know the conference is in a different place every year, and they're very very, very careful to make sure that there are tours of local cheese makers and cheese retailers, and, and those are really great opportunities for people to take advantage of. That's a, yeah, no, that is a very great point. And another um, cheese travel group that I wanted to be sure to mention on the show is um, Caputo Brothers Creamery. Um, Rin Caputo has been a frequent guest on the show, and they also host twice annual um, uh, trips to Italy, um, very focused on Italy and Italian cheese and Italian cuisine. But uh, we should definitely give them a shout-out, too. I'm looking. Um, we have to take a very quick break to give a nod to our sponsor. But when we come back, we'll be back with uh, Sue Sturman and Chris George to talk about cheese travel. Stay with us. Okay. In the middle of a firestorm Today's break song is by Jen Jaden and the Greenstones called Firestorm. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. are back. Uh, you're listening to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Anne Saxelby. My co-host is Greg Blaze, and today we're here talking about cheese travel with Sue Sturman, who is the director of the Anglophone program at the Academy Opus Caseus, and with Chris George, who is one of the owners of Cheese Journeys, uh, a cheese uh, travel company that does uh, exclusively cheese travel. So I wanted to ask both of you about... Um, how your own traveling influences your learning and your planning of trips. I know, Chris, you just got back, you said, from Wisconsin yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, so tell us about that trip and how, how you continue to travel and kind of add to your experience and how that influences your business. Um, I have to say, going to, I've never been to Wisconsin before, and obviously it's a big dairy state. Uh, I, I'd, you realize, bet, I'd realized that. Say. I hadn't quite realized that. Until uh, I got there to the airport, and all you could buy was cheese hats. And like that. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very interesting. It's such a, it's because it, there's such extremes there. I mean, because you have the the block cheddars, the big producers. I mean, I mean they're dominant, and actually a lot of the people who there. But then I had dinner with Andy Hatch, you know, on uh, making you know um, Pleasant Ridge Reserve, sure. uh, and and that's you couldn't get more opposite ends of the scale. So it feels like, but it does feel like there's a, and a, a he works a lot with the university there. They help him a lot. Mm. And, um, and talking to him, talking to people from big industry, sure. that's enlightening as well. Cause I come from a farmstead, what you call farmstead, I call artisanal background. So it's really interesting to see both ends of the spectrum. Um, but like I said, I think at the beginning, the more people you talk to, the more you learn. And one of the things I love about cheese 
uh, actually cheese, beer, wine, fermented products across the board is, <laughs> is the best. You stuff. can never know everything. If you think you know everything, you may as well quit because you can never learn everything. And sure. if you think you know everything, you'll never learn anything. You know, and I think that's the beauty of it. And it, it just what thrills me is how I always come away and I feel like I've absorbed so much more information. You know, it's, it's just a brilliant thing. It's, it's a wonderful uh, opportunity. To so do you have plans to expand uh, Cheese Journeys into uh, some American trips as well? Uh, we haven't looked into that yet. It's something I'd like to do. Um, for sure, because there are so many interesting producers around now in America. And I think also you can do uh, it. It's more affordable for people as well. Mm. I, I, I like to try and offer opportunities to everybody, you know, whatever the budget. That's what I'd like to do. And, I'm, and as, an, as a cheesemonger, I still call, call myself a cheesemonger. Once a cheesemonger, uh, always yes, a cheesemonger. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. If you cut me, it says cheesemonger all the way through, like a stick yeah. of rock, yeah. I think. But it's, uh, it's, it's um, I think... Um, as a cheesemonger, I know that I worked very hard and I didn't earn a fortune. If you want to be a millionaire, don't become a cheesemonger. Nope. You know? So I, I, I'm, I'm acutely aware of the fact that there's lots of people, the people who I most like to put in front of the cheesemakers are the people who retail the cheese because, like I said before, that enthusiasm they gain is infectious and the customers get that as well. So I, I think I'm looking at things, I've been thinking about things just actually last night. I was had an extended conversation with my wife while she was trying to go to sleep about, um, <laughs> about, about an idea I'd had about maybe using the space in England when we're there for, uh, for British cheesemongers to build the common state Montgomery's and, and actually meet Jamie and, 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 and so things like that where, and also that changes the dynamic for the people, for the non-cheese people and I think it also makes it more interesting to have, uh, I think the more mixed the group, the more people gain from it. Yeah. Um, so, but I think yeah. doing that for, for the American market would be a fabulous thing as well. The more the merrier. Yeah. I'd like to be yeah. as inclusive as possible. That, that's, 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 that would be my ultimate goal. Yeah. And, and One so thing that I would think? love to do at, the, at some point, and I've had this in the back of my mind for a while, and I, it's not on offer yet, everyone, okay? But it's <laughs> okay. in the back of my mind. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> to, to do... Uh, you know, to to bring French people to the states mm. to do cheese tours in the states, and you know, as well as you know, everything that I do is is cheese travel in one way or another. It's cheese travel and education because people are coming to the academy in France, to Mons in France for our courses, and for them, it's cheese travel. We've got people this year coming from Australia, Korea, Canada the U.S. and the U.K. so far. Um, and now we've got these programs that we're doing in collaboration with Jasper Hill. Uh, so far, everyone that's enrolling in those uh, in the Jasper Hill courses is from the States, but not from Vermont. They're from mm -hmm. all over the country. And so even, even our, you know, pretty much strict, what we consider our educational programs under the Academy Opus Cassius, um, label uh, name. Um, even that is. It oh, sorry, that's my other phone. <laughs> You're very popular. Don't answer it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not answering it. <laughs> the um, and then we're we're introducing our uh, our our sort of more tourism. Less. It's all education. It's all travel. It's all educational. But uh, but we're calling that premier class. Can I ask you a question? Um, is that is that for 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 non cheese professionals, French non cheese professionals, to come to America and visit um, 
Uh, well, we ha- I haven't organized anything for French people to come to the States yet. Mm. It's just a, it's a dream it's a that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have, you know, we've got a lot of interesting projects. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm the Academy of Opus Cassius in the States. Mm. So there's only so much capacity I have. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking 2015, 2016 for something like that. I think that's great. You know, I think that it, it's very interesting that you bring that up. That that reminds me of a story. When I was in Bra this past fall, I attended one of the Neil's Yard Dairy dinners. There are these really fun dinners. They have them at this um, fun agriturismo little uh, farm slash hotel in a little town called Verduno. And essentially, Neil's Yard gathers all, um, they gather cheesemakers, they gather customers, um, friends. And um, it's kind of like, as Chris was saying, the more diverse the group, the better. And Mm. especially at this one dinner, it was literally like Jason Hines was playing like American dodgeball in gym class. Like everyone stood in a line and he paired you off to what table you were going to sit at. And, you know, so it was, it was very like nerve wracking, you know, and I ended up getting sat at a table with all French speakers. I speak, you know, French, but not great. You know, I can get by. Um, and I was speaking with one of the, uh, shop owners. He owned a shop in Paris and he was a big supporter of Neil's Yard Dairy. And I thought, huh, how interesting a French store Mm. that's really behind British cheese. And he said to me, well, you know, he's like, I had this customer that would always come into my shop and he would just, you know, rave and rave and rave about Neil's Yard Dairy cheeses. And so this store owner just took a leap of faith and he decided, well, you know what? I'm going to start buying these cheeses and bringing them in. And I feel like it takes a very special person to be that first person for you, Sue, who's going to say, I am a French person. I'm a French cheese professional, or I'm a French cheese lover. And I am going to be the one to spread the word and get people over to the States to learn about cheese. Mm. And I think that we're at a point in the States where, you know, we actually are a, a, a justifiable, we can justifiably consider ourselves a cheese tourism destination. Certainly. I, I, I think as well, the other thing is, is about, so, I mean, it was three years today that I came to America, actually, funnily enough. And, um, oh, and it's... Um, and we're glad you did. I'm, yes. so, I, I am glad. I'm sitting in a beautiful a beautiful studio with the sun shining and great, great conversation. How, how bad can it be? Um, I... I um, I think there's a lot to be learned from the from American approach to things because it is very much a go-get, you know, um, positive attitude, can-do thing. And also it could be because you're not bound in tradition. I think tradition could be a wonderful thing, but it can also be a hindrance. It can also be like, it can also hold you back in many ways. I think, you know, tradition is yeah. a great thing, but I think what, what they're, they're finding their boundaries here. And I think that's and interesting I, and exciting. So. And I feel like, just like you were saying before, Chris, when you say, you know, if you say you know everything, you know, you might as well quit. I feel like Americans are great at saying, I don't know anything. Yeah. I'm so excited. Teach me about everything. <laughs> sure. And that's not how most people are, no. you know, but I feel like that makes us a great, uh, great candidates for, for learning about food. That's, about one, of the things, it's that's like, one of the things that Laurent is constantly thrilled and tickled by um, is the Americans that come and say, I'm so excited. Of course, of course in French, it has a slightly <laughs> different connotation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amusing on that level, too. Another thing that's been interesting is we've been working more and more with Australian clients. Um, I was, uh, spent some time with some Australians who were at the American Cheese Society Conference last year in Wisconsin, and they were really bowled over as as you were referring to, Anne, at the openness of the Americans, at how collegial we are, that we're not sort of, we're not closed and guarding secrets. 
we have a, this sense of generosity and openness in terms of sharing who we are, sharing what we're doing. Um, and yes, of course, there's, you know, there's politics. There's always politics. Humans are humans. But over, I, I'm not sure how much we Americans appreciate what a fabulously positive, open, sharing, connected culture we have in this country. Um, specifically in the cheese business. Um, and that's something that, um, you know, I would like to see more people from more countries come and, you know, get a taste of yeah. and yeah. show that around. I think, I think it's something that I learned from years at Neil's Yard, actually. I think their policy, like Jason we've mentioned and Randolph and so forth, is that the more the merrier, you know. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think it, getting cheesemakers together in a room to you know, and discussing things because if you're a cheesemaker, more often than not, you've got your head in a vat on a farm yeah. in an isolated place. You don't see the customer, you don't see the cheesemakers. You know a lot about the thing that you do, but not necessarily what other people do. And you don't know much about do. any other cheese exactly. either. And so it's exciting for them. And, and the cross fertilization, it's 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 thrilling to watch when you see it happen. It's a brilliant thing. By the oh, same yeah. token, that's why like treat travel to the cheese retailer yeah. in America is like better than 10 paychecks it's yeah. just it's what you get uh, like that that's what you want like when you're mm. at the car that's what keeps your people employed the mm. access to those people you know and that that community the feel that you're part of that community it's just I, I don't think you can put a price on it either. you can't it's very hard to I it's, think it's, it's another thing entirely it's yeah. worth so much more than the or at least that's my experience as as when I've been able to provide people with travel and when I've been provided with travel, it's just worth more than the money I'm paid. It just, it just brings you into a whole different understanding of mm. what you do and it keeps you interested on another level. I have to say, when yeah. I look at a piece of cheese now, I can't just see a piece of cheese. No. Or, or a glass of beer or a glass of whatever you like. It's just because I've had too much contact with the people who produce those It's things, just a different and thing. And it has so many layers meaning you know you can when you open scientific. those doors they're open like they're open you're in that you're yeah. in that room and, and that's where you, you that's where be, you reside you can be scientific or you can be sociological exactly or geographical and all, exactly. all valid and all fascinating Certainly. and all rich you know i think that's a wonderful yeah. thing yeah and that's you know another thing another place where i get that kind of exposure Uh, I think we might have had a little bit of a hiccup. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but I really wanted to find out what she's doing. I yeah, know. Me too, man. What the, the edge of my seat. Cliffhanger. Oh, no. no. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually, um, we, we are just about out of time, unfortunately. This always happens. You know, we start chatting, and all of a sudden, we're, the half hour has, has just flown by. But, Chris, I wanted to ask you, um, can you tell our listeners where to find out more about your trips, and what yeah, is your next absolutely. upcoming just trip? Absolutely. Just go to com. And everything should be there. And there's contact information there as well. Uh, we've got Instagram, Twitter, all that's up there as well. So you can check it out. <laughs> uh, we've got another trip planned for uh, the UK in the fall. And uh, we're looking to actually do some trips to Europe as well through uh, our contacts with Essex Cheese and so forth. So Jura, Savoie, Alsace, uh, maybe Holland. You know, we've got lots of opportunities. So, we're, yeah, we're exploring those at the moment. Ooh. But watch this space, basically. Yeah. Very, very exciting. And uh, to learn more about the um, Academy Opus Cassius, you can um, Google them. I'm not, uh, I don't have their website right in front of me, but if you go to Academy Opus Cassius, uh, you can learn all about the different programs that uh, Sue and her team offers through Hervé and Laurent Mons, uh, fabulous educators. Um, thank you guys so much for being with us and thank for you. the thank conversation. You. Well, I think Sue's hey. here to say goodbye. Oh, hey. there Sorry. you are. <laughs> no, it's fine. We were just saying we are, we're actually out of time, so it was not an uh, inopportune moment for the phone to go, but I did want to say goodbye to you, so thank you for, for calling back. <laughs> <Thank> you <so laughs>
All right. Well, thank Chris, you. So I hope we can meet in person sometime. I'd love to. I'm sorry I missed you last summer. I, I, I hope to meet you very soon. That'd be great. Yeah. Will you be at Will you be at uh, Fancy Food? Uh, you know what? I'm going to make sure I'm this time. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, condi- it's, it's air conditioned in there, so I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you both for sharing, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd. Thanks, Anne. Keep up the great work. Thanks.